Hi there and welcome to another Osler podcast. My name is Todd Fraser. It's not uncommon for patients to present to the emergency department in severe respiratory distress due to acute cardiogenic pulmonary edema. These patients may benefit significantly from non-invasive ventilation. Joining me to discuss this important therapy is Dr. Roberto Cosentini, an emergency physician from Bergamo in Italy. Roberto's interests include acute respiratory failure, sepsis, and bedside ultrasound. Roberto, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello, Todd. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Roberto, how does um, non-invasive ventilation assist in cardiogenic pulmonary edema? Well, it's very useful, I, I think. Uh, I think um, non-invasive ventilation is, is one of the most relevant um, improvement in our treatment in the, I would say, in the last two decades. And ACP is a perfect example of this. What are the mechanisms by which this can help uh, patients who have got cardiogenic pulmonary edema? Well, the mechanism is, um, is double. Uh, one, uh, the first one is uh, on uh, the respiratory system because acute pulmonary edema is... Um, is a, uh, a lung problem uh, due to a heart problem. And the second uh, mechanism is uh, on the heart. For the respiratory part, the, the main um, advantage of uh, PEEP application, uh, the application on non-invasive mechanical ventilation, is uh, the alveolar recruitment. In uh, pulmonary edema, you have uh, actalectasis because uh, the, the lung is filled with fluid. And the application of the a positive pressure um, allows the lung to expand and stay expanded also during aspiration. This means that um, uh, gas exchange improves dramatically in the first few minutes of the treatment, first. And second, um, it means that um, progressively and rapidly uh, the lung fills with air because you recruit more alveoli, more and more, and then um, the lungs become less stiff. And also, um, in, this, in this way, PEEP application um, uh, leads to uh, a compliance improvement. So it decreases also the work of breathing. Th this is the, um, the respiratory part. The, um, the cardiac part, which, uh, which is also very uh, interesting in the, in the model of uh, pulmonary edema, is the reduction of uh, venous return, which is what we want to achieve with the medical treatment, actually. Um, that um, is an effect, a direct effect of um, increase of uh, positive pressure within the thorax. And the second one is the decrease of the um, uh, left ventricle transmural pressure, which is the difference between the pressure inside the left ventricle during systole and the pressure outside the ventricle, which is actually the um, intrapleural pressure. When uh, patients are in uh, hard distress, respiratory distress, like in uh, patient, our patient in pulmonary edema, um, to expand these... Um, um, very stiff lungs, uh, the patients have to make a very big effort. That means a very 
high negative intrapolar pressure that contrasts with um, the, the contractility of the left ventricle that tends to, to make the, the left ventricle walls to, to get closer. Uh, whereas uh, the negative pressure uh, tends to, to get the, the left ventricle walls uh, get apart. If you apply the PEEP, you reduce the work of breathing, as we said before, and this means that um, the patient, when uh, inspires, uh, um, makes a much less effort, that is, um, reduces the, the negative intrapolar pressure, that, is, um, that means a reduction in transmural pressure of the left ventricle. So we have a, a, double, a double and contemporary uh, a favorable effect of PEEP application, both respiratory and cardiac. Now, Roberto, we hear about CPAP or um, uh, end expiratory pressure in PEEP compared with uh, bilevel ventilation. Is mm-hmm. there any advantage to bilevel ventilation over CPAP? Well, actually, in, uh, from a theoretical point of view, uh, it would be um, an advantage to add the um, the pressure support up to the PEEP if the, our patient is in respiratory stress with um, res- acute respiratory acidosis. However, the results of, of the literature uh, do not say so because um, in terms of uh, uh, rate of intubation and mortality, there are absolutely no difference between CPAP and, and, and BiPAP. Um, and the only advantage um, um, of, um, of BiPAP, bi-level, is um, the time or reduction of uh, CO2 and, uh, and respiratory rate. Uh, but um, if we look at the hard outcome, like uh, intubation or death, uh, there's absolutely no difference. You mentioned the literature there. How strong is the evidence supporting non-invasive ventilation for acute cardiogenic pulmonary edema? Well, actually, the literature uh, now is strong. We we have um, more than 2,000 patients enrolled in randomized control trial all over the world. And this means that um, um, we have a, a relative uh, risk uh, of... Um, of uh, intubation and mortality, which uh, roughly 0.63 or 0.65 for both. And th- this means that um, the number needed to treat uh, patients uh, with um, pulmonary edema with um, non-invasive ventilation in order to avoid intubation is about 13 and uh, death is about, is about 17. So... Uh, uh, they are small, small number, so uh, it's a great advantage to to use uh, non-invasive ventilation uh, when compared to the standard oxygen treatment. Um, one of the reasons that um, clinicians sometimes choose CPAP over BiPAP is the concern around the um, uh, the, the development of acute myocardial infarction yeah. with bilevel ventilation. How real do you think that risk is? Well, uh, I don't think uh, now it's uh, no longer considered um, an actual risk. Uh, the The concern dates back to uh, a paper by Meta in in the nineties, 
that has not been confirmed by by later randomized control trials um, in 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 other countries um, and moreover in in this in this trial um, there was um, there were more patients with chest pain enrolled in the in the invasive group uh, when compared to the standard treatment so um, and also the um, the Cochrane uh, by Berbernetz that uh, has been published in uh, 2019, which um, includes uh, more than 2,000 patients, did not show any difference uh, in terms of um, myocardial infarction, uh, both uh, in patient treated with CPAP or with uh, BiPAP. Roberto, there's a number of different interfaces that can be applied to the patient, including nose mask, full face mask, and, of course, the helmet uh, version. Is there a best version, um, and which would you choose? Uh, well, um, I think um, it's about the same about the, the face mask and the helmet. I would not use the, the nasal uh, mask because... Uh, Patients are in hard distress, and generally they they breathe with the mouth open. So <laughs> it would be uh, rather ineffective to use a, a nasal uh, mask. Um, I think it, it depends on what you have first, and then uh, what what the patient prefers. Because because some patients uh, prefer the the helmet because uh, you don't have the the pressure. Um, the tight pressure uh, around the, the nose uh, or the or the face because this, the system works if, the, if there are no leaks. So uh, if you put a mask, uh, the mask must must be very tight. Um, where uh, some others uh, prefer the mask because they they feel that this uh, this helmet is uh, is uh, terrible. It's, it's not, it might be nosy. Uh, noisy and um, and also they might suffer from uh, claustrophobia. So uh, for some of them, it's um, more preferable uh, the, the facial mask. Um, what are the the best ways to approach initiation of therapy? And once that's established, how should we? What should we be targeting with our settings? Well, I would say that. Um, uh, patients uh, in acute uh, pulmonary edema um, deserve the the top at once. That means um, we we generally start with um, with high pressure and high FAU two uh, since the beginning. Let's say ten centimeters of, of water of uh, of PEEP and FAU two um, greater than uh, no less than fifty percent. The, the aim is to oxygenate the patient and the aim is to, to get rapidly to 95% of oxygenation. And this is what we uh, monitor uh, in, in our patient. First, uh, uh, SpO2, which is a continuous monitoring, which, which is very useful, very simple and very, and very useful. Uh, and also the clinical monitoring, uh, respiratory, respiratory rate, um, the alertness and um, and then if you have a ventilator you you could uh, also monitor for um, for tidal volume because if you recruit alveoli you you, you gradually and rapidly increase uh, tidal volume roberto how do you go about titrating the machine what what do you look for um, and how do you adjust your settings to meet the needs of the patient 
Well, we we adjust um, PIP, uh, which is I think um, the the most important uh, variable in uh, in our in our system because um, it's um, it's the key factor in terms of uh, pathophysiology. If the, the patient uh, does not respond, we increase the PIP. But the patient, uh, if the patient does not respond uh, as we expect, uh, we have to question ourselves about uh, either the treatment or uh, the diagnosis. Because um, polaridema is a typical um, syndrome that um, should respond to non-invasive ventilation. If uh, this is not the case, uh, you have to question yourself about um, what's behind. And um, we know that the uh, acute pulmonary edema is a syndrome, and if the patient does not respond, we have to look for reversible causes that uh, on underline the, the development of pulmonary edema, like uh, uh, myocardial infarction, which I think it's the most common cause of uh, pulmonary edema. So we have to look at the ECG, repeat the ECG, double check the first ECG, and look for NSTEMI or some some subtle uh, alteration of the the ECG ST ST depression that the might have, might we might have overlooked in at the first sight. Um, and then could be a problem of uh, of rate of rhythm, high rate or uh, too too low rate or uh, a valve problem could be. So we in in our emergency department we, we have to be smart with the with the ultrasound, both lung and and heart because uh, we we cannot miss this uh, this diagnosis. And the last one is. Um, and a reversible cause could be a, a, an intrinsic problem of the contractility of the left ventricle. Would you expect that all the different potential causes of cardiogenic pulmonary edema would respond in the same way to non-invasive ventilation? Uh, well, uh, it, it depends. If, we, if, if you have um, an acute um, cardiac problem, that you're not addressing, like uh, myocardial infarction, um, pulmonary edema will not respond that well until you reopen the coronary artery. And in other cases, let's say um, the typical uh, patient um, who comes with a hypertensive crisis or the other typical patient who comes um, with um, pulmonary edema because... um, he forgot uh, forgot to take uh, uh, the pills to <laughs> to increase the <laughs> the, the diuretics. Um, that's standard. Uh, patients have to to respond in in some minutes. In some minutes, you you already see uh, some improvement, and uh, in a couple of hours, the patient is okay. Is non-invasive ventilation sufficient to treat the patient's underlying problem or are you implementing other strategies at the same time uh, as the non-invasive is applied? Well, one of the key concepts of non-invasive ventilation in the case of pulmonary edema is that PEEP application is actually treatment because it it acts uh, 
um, as we said at the beginning of our talk, contemporarily on um, on the respiratory side and on the cardiac side. However, if the patient is very hypertensive, it's wise to use also uh, drugs like nitrates, I would say. So um, uh, the, the, the final message is uh, if you don't have any other than PEEP, it's okay, you can go with PEEP. Uh, you, you, know, you, you should know that you are treating your patient. It's not support, it is treatment. However, if you have um, all the armamentarium of, of doctors, of the doctors, you, you should use also nitrates especially if the, the blood pressure is high. One of the other concerns that's raised is um, swallowing of air and uh, gastric, um, uh, filling the stomach with, with, with air. Yeah. yeah. How do you, or at what point is a nasogastric indicated for these patients? Well, I think then that gastric dilatation in acute pulmonary edema is not a, a big issue uh, because... Um, First, it is almost never an issue in uh, CPAP treatment because the pressure is constant and as rarely exceeds 10 centimeters of water, which is uh, much lower than the, um, the opening pressure of the esophageal sphincter. Uh, so it's, it's safe in, in this case. Uh, the case may be with uh, non-invasive ventilation, but with very high pressures. Um, the other... Um, aspect of non-invasive ventilation in pulmonary edema, which is uh, safe in, in this, um, in this uh, warning, is that um, the treatment is very short because uh, patients usually respond in a couple of hours. So I think we, I think we, we never uh, introduced a, a nasogastric tube uh, for, the, for the fear of uh, gastric dilatation. To conclude the interview, Roberto, um, once the patient has responded and is improving, how do you go about liberating them from non-invasive ventilation onto room air or, or to supplemental oxygen? Well, we repeat, uh, in general, uh, blood gas within uh, 30 minutes, within one hour, I would say. Uh, uh, the time will be shorter if uh, the patient is not going as you as you think, but in case um, he's going well uh, in terms of, of clinical, uh, clinically, uh, saturation, respiratory, and so on, we, we check a blood gas analysis in, in one hour. And then if uh, the patient is going well, we decrease the, the PEEP to, let's, let's say, from 10 to 5. And then after uh, an hour, if uh, the patient is still improving, we, we remove the, the PEEP and, and apply a Venturi mask. We we FiO two um, uh, in general we 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 keep the same FiO two to confirm that the patient is uh, is still uh, getting better. Roberto, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your insights into non-invasive ventilation in cardiogenic pulmonary edema. Thank you very much, Todd. I'm very happy uh, we we had this talk this morning. Thank you very much again for the invitation. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Get access to all our great podcast interviews, as well as hundreds of modules, journal reviews, quizzes, and articles by downloading our free app. Search for My Osler wherever you get your apps 
or visit our website at oslacommunity.com.